Blog Talk Radio. From their studio in the Feeding Arizona building in Youngtown, Arizona, it's the Boomer and the Babe Show with Pete Peters and Deborah Brown. Join Pete and Deborah and their guests as they give voice to 78 million baby boomers from coast to coast and border to border. Now here are the Boomer and the Babe, Pete Peters and Deborah Brown. My call is dropped. Because I'm okay. All right. Has the has the show started yet? Well, I never heard the intro. Okay, very good. Goodbye. And I just got word from the engineering department that we are live on air and I never heard the intro so uh, we're ready to go we're here at the Bell Rec Center Fun Fair in Sun City Arizona and we're waiting for our first guest to arrive so we don't know who that's going to be quite yet it's going to be a surprise guest after guest hopefully uh, if we can get the thing started in the first place uh, but at any rate we're here in a beautiful Sun City day and be here for a couple of hours and uh, as I said, waiting for the first guest to show up and, and give us a little of their information about what they're doing. So after a little bit of consternation this morning and getting things set up and Wi-Fi not working, we had to connect through a different, uh, a different area. Maybe that's why the, the uh, theme song didn't start. But nonetheless, we are here, and we are patiently waiting and over here by the bake sale table. A lot of great things over there, so if you stop out this way, come on up, find yourself some big kids, and it'll be, uh, looks like it's going to be a great day here. It's certainly warm, sunny, took the layers on the day, and uh, thoughts go out to the people that are having all that snow back home, but we don't know much more about uh, what we can do other than just say, well, thoughts go out to you, and hopefully you'll, hopefully you'll be able to uh, weather the storm, so to speak. And uh, maybe come to Arizona sometime and play some golf. Enjoy the sunshine over the winter months because it's always here. There's plenty of it. So with that, I'm just going to kind of put this on, on hold for a minute, I think. And uh, and then we're going to we're going to get to the first guest. So I'm going to turn down some volumes uh, a little bit, and we'll be back very shortly with our first guest. Thanks for holding on. 
guest with us. Our first guest is Mr. Boyd Lockhart. He's from Bell Silvercraft Club, and I'm going to turn up his microphone, and he's going to start telling us a little bit about what the Bell Silvercraft Club is. Dwight, thank you very much for coming. Welcome to the Boomer the Babe Show, Sun City Edition. You're welcome. Uh, this uh, We make uh, silver jewelry out of uh, strictly sterling silver, uh-huh. and we can add a few elements to it, like copper and brass. But it's got to be mainly silver at the Silver Club. And when I moved here, I had no interest in silver or turquoise. And my wife wanted me to make jewelry for her. I started making jewelry. And then one thing led to another. And then I found out I could design my own stuff. Like this bracelet here. Very nice. Can you see that? I can. Very nice. I, uh, that's the phoenix. Right. I cut that out, all out. Everything here starts out flat, and the tubing is the hinges, and that's the kind of stuff I do now. And then I always write on the back of it, DL, Sun City, Arizona. I was here 2013. I want them to know I was here, because someday this may end up on uh, Antique Roadshow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Long after I'm gone, <laughs> who is he? <laughs> he was the artisan down in Sun City, Arizona. Yeah, who yeah. Uh, well, you know. Anyway, uh, I'm, I'm sure at one point they said, "Who the heck was De Grazia too?" You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's quite a comparison. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, we do a lot of. Uh, we've got a lot of people that really have a lot of talent that just come in there and uh, do all kinds of unbelievable stuff that you, they never would have had a chance to do, I guess, if you hadn't moved here and got involved. Well, now, you say your wife wanted you to make her some jewelry, so that's how kind of you got in, involved. Uh, there, how long ago was it? Oh, let's see. I've been doing this for about seven or eight years. Seven or eight years now? Uh-huh. Uh, now, are you at this point, would you say you're one of the more experienced? Is it, would it be a silversmith? I would say I, I'm... Uh, one of the more experienced, but I'm not the best by any means. There's, okay. there's other people that are, you know, that are uh, deal with gold too. We do with gold too, and I don't do that stuff. I just like cutting this, sawing it all out with a little saw. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. How that that bracelet now? It's, it's let me see it again here. It's, it's just for those that are that can't see it, it's got one, two, three, 
four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Looks like ten segments plus the centerpiece for eleven. Uh-huh. Uh, how long does it take to to put yeah. that together? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. I've never really, I've never really started one from scratch and finished it. I've always got pieces from one other one somewhere, you know. Okay. And I think if I just were to start on this day, it'd take at least a week. Uh huh. Eight-hour days. I think it takes at least that. Okay. Perfect. And I sell them in that store in there. I have a $300 price tag on them, and that covers a little bit of it, not all of it. Right. So there's when you say covers a little bit of it, you're talking about the the materials plus your time. Mm-hmm. The material. This thing weighs 75 grams, and if you charge a dollar a gram. This thing would be seventy-five bucks. See, just okay. just for the silver, right? And the brass, and and the brass, yeah. yeah. And, and that is brass, not gold. Yeah, brass. I cut the tops off of uh, forty-five caliber bullets here, <laughs> and, uh, and then I saw them. Once. I got that idea. I don't know where I got that idea. I didn't see it anywhere. I threw the firing pin for the for the bullet, right? That's where the firing pin strikes the bullet, right? Uh-huh. I just cut the top off of it. Bullet has been shot. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! <laughs> so, how many how many people are members of your of your silversmithing class? There's 152 right now. 152. Uh-huh. And uh, do they? Uh, come on a regularly a regularly scheduled basis, or just when they feel like coming in again? Oh, they come. There are a few that come almost every day, and I will too this summer in the summertime good place to be is not they furnish all the uh, air conditioning and I just come up here. I'm I'm usually here every day and there's a few of us that are here every day but a lot of them come and go and uh, I go work out in the afternoon. Or here at the Bell Rec Center. Yeah, yeah. So where it's uh, cool. Now how long have you been a Sun City resident? We moved here in 2001. Okay. My wife and I came down here in 1983 I worked for um, Western Electric. Okay. They had a place down on Van Buren, and I was going to transfer down here, and when I got done, I still had boys in college at home, so we went back to Omaha, or Gretna, Nebraska, and we uh, stayed there till I retired, and then I moved down here. My wife knew she wanted to live in Sun City, because we'd already lived on the outskirts of Omaha, see, and she wanted to be in the city, like right here, close to the Walmart, Costco, the mall, all that stuff. So uh, that's how we ended up here. Well, it's no wonder that you have to sell your jewelry so she can go to Walmart and Costco. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All I I do with this is break even. That's the good thing I like about it, though. Is you can sell it and make your money back on it. Sure, sure. And you're doing it, and you're not not doing it to make money. You're doing it for the enjoyment, I would yeah. imagine. Yeah. yeah, you bet. Yeah. Now I just started a. They just started a garden club here with, uh, and I, so I've been over there working on my garden plot. Now uh-huh. I'm getting it all enclosed. Here you got to have a a fence around it for your uh, quail. They have quail and the rabbits and keep them out of there. They have the little rodents and all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm getting that thing going again. They used to have one here when I first came here. 
then they lost it down here behind Sunland, and we uh, had to give it up then. And now they've got a deal with Ecor Water, the water company here sure. in Sun City, and they let us go back in the back of their lot. They so had a staging area where they uh, used to store all their material they were going to use to build the waterworks with. And then that, when they got that off of there, it just laid there dormant for 50 years, gravel over top. So they draped off of some of the gravel, and we're in there digging up. And you've you got more rocks than you do soil almost. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, it um, it's come along. Yeah, very good. Well, Dwight, I want to thank you for coming by and, and visiting with me for a little while. I've got a, a lady back here that's uh, uh, coming up next, Bonnie. So we're gonna we're gonna talk to Bonnie and see what see what she's up to. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much, My Dwight. Pleasure. Take care. Bonnie, come and come and have a seat. How are you this morning? Busy. Busy. Busy, busy. We've been busy setting up this morning. Absolutely. So yes. now what what part do you play in this, uh, what are we going to call this, the fun, fun fair? fair. Uh, the, yes. uh, the the showing. <laughs> uh, I'm president of the Bellcraft Club. Okay. And we had 350 members as of December last year. Right now we have 259, but we okay. do like 22 different crafts in our club. Wow. We have everything from beading knitting, crocheting, candle making, copper enameling, uh, scrapbooking. We have all kinds of cards, crafts from card embroidery to rubber stamping. We have, as you can see here, several different open workshops as well as having scrapbooking all day on Saturday. We also have our Happy Hearts group. They make lap robes for the veterans. Mm -hmm and uh, they take donations of yarn, and they make them into lap robes, and they gave out over 400 last year wow. to various veteran organizations and charities. What is card embroidery? That's uh, making greeting cards, and okay. you embroider them with, you embroider with uh, thread, just like you would uh, pillowcases and things like that. They turn out very beautiful. We have a lot for sale in our boutique. In fact, all of our crafts are for sale in our boutique. We have uh, everything in there has been made by our members and they come and showcase them and we encourage anyone who would like who lives here in Sun City and has an active uh, RCSC card to come and check our club out and join and they can also if they want to teach us a new craft we can add a new craft to our club. Now which of these this myriad of crafts here are are you uh, are, are you involved in? I teach the copper enameling. I also do the silk flowers. I also do the card making. Uh, I also have in the past done uh, many of the different, uh, done the beginning beading as well as doing the rubber stamping and those kind of cards. So there's just a lot of things. There's many, many clubs up here. So there's everything from lapidary and silver and stained glass. There's just so many things to do because if you live in Sun City and you can't find something to do, then shame on you, right? <laughs> I would agree with that. There's nothing to be bored here because we have all the sports, the swimming, the library. Well, that's one. Let's, let's just talk about that in general for a, for okay. a moment because sure. you're, you're obviously a, a Sun City proponent, shall yes. we say, uh, and the life here in Sun City. How long have you been here? I've been here since uh, 2002. Okay. Yes. 
so 2002, you you and or your husband both retired from? We were both working at the time we moved here, but we were over 55. Uh-huh. Uh, he still works. Oh. Yes. So, yes, there's a lot of people who still work here. And yes, there are a lot of us. Yes, there are. That's why we like to have evening classes and everything for those that still work, we like to do that on the evening and on Saturdays so that people can come in and participate in the club. What did you do in your working career? Uh, previously, I was working for Sun Health, who was bought out by Banner. Banner, yes, huh? I was a telecommunications analyst. But I've worked in the insurance industry, banking industry, mortgage business, so it's so a variety of things that I've done. And your husband is currently working, you said, was he doing? Yes, yes. He's uh, installed windshields for Safelight. Oh, very nice. Yes. Very nice. Been doing that for, well, since 2004. So, yes. So, he retired from a job in Oregon? I, I retired five years ago. Okay. Yes. Now, are, are you are you from Arizona? No. Where we are you? moved from Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Uh, we have lived there for about 20 years. Previous to that, I lived in Colorado. Before that, I lived in Illinois. I'm from Indiana originally. <laughs> Not- doesn't Albuquerque have retirement communities as well? No, not like this, no. Okay. Colorado has some now, and so does Utah. Uh-huh. Yes. But there is no retirement community like the original Sun City is. No. Absolutely. Yeah. They really need something like that, I think. But here we've got so many that a lot of people have moved here. Right. That's right. in the cold climate. Oh. <laughs> I came from the cold climate myself. Where did you come from? Uh, I came from Michigan many yeah. years ago, about, almost, about 40 years ago, yeah. as a matter of fact. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Do we miss it? Uh, about that much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to shovel snow or scrape ice anymore. No, I, uh, I've i shoveled my share of snow. Yes, me <laughs> too. No doubt about it. Yes, and so, well, this is great down here. It is. It really is. So, now, these clubs and people that are involved and so on and so forth, is this all done in one room here, we, or do you have a several rooms? No, we, back here? in our club, we have two rooms. We have the boutique side and we have the big classroom side, but we do have limited space for the number of members we have. Sure. And that's true with most of them because you run out of space after a while. Sure, sure. I was over last weekend, I was at the new Fairway Center oh, when yeah, they had their... Isn't that nice? Oh, my goodness. Very nice. Phenomenal. And uh, I've lived here in Sun City for 12 years. I've lived in Arizona. I moved in Arizona, moved to Arizona 40 years ago. As I said, my parents lived here long, 35 years, and um, and I can honestly say that up until just recently, I've never really taken a look at the clubs and everything else. I mean, I've been busy working and doing whatever, and, yes. and the only thing I've done is play golf. Uh, but I went into that fairway center, and I'm sure if this would be the same if I went in here. Uh, I was just amazed at all the things that they do. Yes. Absolutely amazed. I mean, they have their lapidary shop, and it was absolutely gorgeous. Yes. And And if you go around to the other side, they have uh, the wood and the metal shop. Okay. And they have all kinds of amazing equipment in there that they use. They have very big memberships over there also. Well, I was particularly impressed with the Model Railroad Club down there. Uh, Now, is that, you know, is that the only one that there is? That I'm aware of, yes. Okay. It's phenomenal. Uh, uh, I'm familiar with the Model Railroad Club when I lived in uh, San Diego. Yes. It was down at the Balboa Park Museums, and they had the Model Railroad Museum, uh, or the Railroad Museum, I think they called it. And it was just 
It's huge. Haven't it's, they done a great job with that? They one? did a great job yes. over here for what I had the and little time. Volunteers. Yeah, it, that, it's amazing. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. So it's it's uh, it's nice to see that when people retire, they don't have to just uh, sit in front of the TV, sit in front of the TV and eat bonbons. Yes. Uh, there's there's, there's, yes. there's other things. That's right. And and a lot of nice things, especially with the sports, because they have all the uh, aqua sports, especially for aqua exercise, mm-hmm. and not just the golf and the tennis, but they also have miniature golf. They have a, a table tennis club. They have racquetball. So there's a lot of things that you can become involved in. Well, I, I made a list here because we're going to be doing this show now, the, Sun, uh, the Boomer and the Babe show, Sun City Edition. We're going to be doing that once a week at least. And uh, I, I made a list of the topics that we are, are going to want to cover. Uh-huh. And certainly we're going to do health, wealth, family, fitness, uh, parenting, grandparenting, all those typical baby boomer and beyond type topics. Uh, but one of the things I'm looking forward to doing also is the, the sports. And I, I just I had this thing that I'd be sitting there in the stands broadcasting a live broadcast uh, of some softball game or some lawn bowling tournament or event or something like that. Uh, I mean, I've talked sports all my life. Uh, we, I also have a golf show. We talk golf. Uh, but to give it play by play description, I think that'd be fun to try. And we're gonna. And I got. Well, oh, that'll be great. And I got. A, I got a good friend of mine that plays softball here, so I'm looking forward to going to find when John's going to be playing and maybe doing a yeah, live broadcast of John's <laughs> or something. <laughs> well, if you can find something too, because with all of the the all of the different sports, right? That I think that you could do here. I just am amazed at the number of people that are involved in it. It really is uh, a bunch of people doing a bunch of things, isn't it? And plus the exercise programs they have also. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you look around here, and there's a nice bunch of people here milling through and and looking around at everything that's here. uh, It's it's really, and here comes another group of people walking in. I mean, they just keep keep walking in. Uh, Bonnie, I'm going to let you get back to your your craft uh, craft station over there. Yes, and, we're doing uh, all demonstrations of all our crafts today, Okay. Uh, all of them, and uh, that way they can come in and see what we make, and they want to join our club, we're more than welcome. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate uh, your stopping by to, to uh, visit with me for a little while, and I don't know if we have if Kathy has the next person coming out, but hopefully they'll be here before long. I will go check on that. Thank you very much. You bet. Take you. care now. And that was Bonnie. Bonnie is with the crafters, and uh, she left me a brochure here, and there are classes every day of the week, sometimes three, sometimes four. Okay, we have a lady here from the Ceramics Club, I believe. And just tuck right into that microphone, hold it it close, and we're good to go. (laughs) What do you like? What would you like to know? Well, first of all, who are you? I'm Joyce Johnson, and um, I've held various posts over there in ceramics. Been there for several years. Love it, and I teach. Okay. Uh, how long have you been doing it? I've been doing ceramics oh many, many, maybe 30 years. Have you been doing ceramics for 30 years here? No. Okay. No. How long have you been doing it here? Uh, probably about 12. 12 years. 12 years, and all great. Well, I'm, 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 I'm just from my mother used to do ceramics when she was alive and lives here and lived, and lived here. Uh, and she, 
I mean, she just liked to do her ceramics, and she did her ceramics and her line dancing. That and worked at the food bank. Those are the things she did, and uh, and I, I we still have some ceramics. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that a wonderful thing? My mother, my mother and I did them too. Uh-huh. And um, gosh, we uh, have a few things that are dated and signed, and it means a lot. Sure. Well, I know my grand, my, my daughter has. Uh, when she passed, she took some of the some of grandma's things, and uh, and so we'll. Uh, and I think there's probably still a few things left in the house, and my sister's got some, and and so on. Yeah. So it's uh. Yeah, it's it's a lot of expensive. You're not passing on a big expensive heirloom. Right, exactly, exactly. But uh, it's it's a nice nice thing. So, ceramics entails more than just painting on stuff, doesn't it? We have fifteen over fifteen hundred molds uh-huh. that we pour our own. Okay. And we modify a lot of them. Okay. Um, it's similar to clay, but you have a mold. Uh-huh. And um. We do a lot of decorating the pots and this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just we get involved in everything. Sure. Other than clay and porcelain, we don't do those two things. You don't do those two. Now, uh, is there a particular reason that you don't do those two things? Are they? You know, and what is might that be? We have other clubs that do that. You don't oh. want to infringe upon oh, what you're okay. doing. Oh, okay. It's a separate club yeah. activity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So ceramics, you you do the you pour. And then that, that comes out of the mold, and that, is that greenware at that? That's greenware, and then we do whatever we want. We clean it, do whatever uh-huh. we want. Then it's fired, and then it may be fired again. And again, it may be three because we've got gold. Okay. Um, so it takes a little work. So you you fire it the first time, so it transforms, and it's no longer greenware at that yes. point. It, it's now it's now bisque, okay. And then you can paint that, tra- uh, decorate that, whatever the, whatever the case might be. Yes. Is that correct? And then uh, you have to fire that painting. Depends on which paint you use. We okay. have a paint that's non-fired. Okay. We have glazes that are fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have gold. Which okay. is in, in decals, which is fired separate too. Okay. So it's a little involved, but we have different groups that do different things. How long does it take from start to finish on a plot, let's or, or, or an item that you're going to have um, glaze and gold on it? Oh golly, that's three firings, and you figure that's going to be maybe a week or two, because you have to once you pour a, a pot or whatever, then you have to let it sit for a week before you can fire it. Okay. It has to... Sit in the mold? Sit, no, no. Sit on the shelf. Oh, okay. And get hard, and then you can fire it. So that's a week right there. Okay. And then the other stuff takes a while. If you if you want something to be dishwasher safe, what do you have to do to it? Nothing really, because our glaze is... Well, it has to be glazed. Right. And the glazes are fired up to very high temperatures. Mm-hmm. So it's good. I I use mine for casseroles in the oven. Someone told me that it, when you when you glaze it, you have to be sure to glaze the inside as well as the outside. So right. you either paint it on with a paintbrush or you put it in there and swirl it around yep, so, it gets, right. uh-huh. so it gets covered. And then at that point, you go ahead and, and fire, fire it. it. And then it's good to go. It's good to go. And you can yep. bake in it, yep. put it in the microwave, and the whole deal. 
Yep. Dishwasher safe. Dishwasher safe, yes. <laughs> uh, gold is a little different. I wouldn't put gold in there. It's like uh, China or anything else. Sure. You put in the dishwasher, it's not a good idea with gold. Yeah, it may not be a good idea to put it in the microwave either, quite frankly. No, because, you don't want to do anything. Not, yeah, no you're gonna the, yeah, you're going to get the, the microwave to spark all over the place. You have yeah. an interesting an interesting display. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's a wonderful craft because you don't really need talent. <laughs> you know, you've got to be able to paint. You've got molds that have the shape. And, the and every mold has its own shape, doesn't That's it? That's right. Whether it's on the bathroom uh, bathroom wall or... Right. And it's wonderful. <laughs> you just have to slap some paint on there. It looks darn good. Whereas clay, you're creating. Uh, very good. Well, what happens if somebody wants to come and become uh, a member of the ceramics organization here at Bill? Oh, we would just... We'd love to have people. Would they contact you? They contact, come in the front door, and anybody can help them. And anybody can help them. Why, yep. don't, you, why don't you give your name again? My yeah. name is Joyce Johnson. Okay, Joyce. Yep, and we just love to have new members, and we're a really friendly. Everybody's from somewhere else in Sun City. Sure. So it's a friendly group. We have coffee all day. Uh, we joke and laugh, and it raises and our you're having coffee. You're having coffee all day, and you're trying to paint? Oh, I said, we just... <laughs> <laughs> no wine, just coffee. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good. Well, Trace Johnson, thank you very much for coming and visiting me and telling me about your ceramics operation. Well, thank you. And, nice, and uh, nice meeting you as well. And uh, continued happiness and good success with your ceramics. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you very that. much. Thank Take care now. All right, I have another another guest here. And I'm asking these people to introduce themselves because I, I'm meeting them for the first time. And what is your name, sir? Uh, my name is Tom Mason. Tom Mason. Yes. And which club or organization do you represent? I'm Laboratory Club. Okay. I've been a member for 22 years. I moved from uh, here at that time. And uh, I'm uh, 98 years old. And no, you're not 98 I'm years old. Be, I'm going to be uh, 99 on April 24th. Well, happy birthday a month <laughs> early. I'm going on a cruise tomorrow. So, so I'm uh, celebrating my birthday pre-birthday time. <laughs> and where are you cruising to? Uh, we're going to take a cruise. My daughter and I are taking a cruise to Panama Canal. Yes. So you're going through the Panama Canal? Yes. I've been there th twice already, but my daughter wanted to go, so uh, and her husband didn't, so we decided. So you're her date. So she's my date. So she's your date. Okay, very good, very good. So now we're uh, we'll get to the lapidary in a minute. I'm interested about this cruise through Panama Canal. Where do you go to uh, to get on uh, the ship? Oh, and post on Fort Lauderdale. It's Fort okay. Lauderdale or Fort Lauderdale. The other cruises I've been on were from uh, San Diego to uh, Fort Lauderdale uh, on Holland America. All the trips are on Holland America. Yeah. So now you're going to go to Fort Lauderdale, get on the get on yeah. the ship at Fort Lauderdale. You go, to, you go in the canal on the Atlantic side and stay in the lake overnight and then come out. And then you do some uh, cities on the top of South America and a couple islands. It's an 11-day cruise. It's not a big one. But it's very... I, Experience has been very good on it. And and while you're and you're going to be gone for how long? Eleven days. Eleven days on the ship. So you're so you're not going to turn ninety nine on the boat. You're no, gonna... I'm not going to turn ninety nine on the boat. But my daughter has a birthday uh, in March eighteenth, and so she's going to have a birthday on the boat. <laughs> oh, very nice, very nice. 
Well, you're going to be congratulated for that, for your this longevity. Is my, this is my 16th cruise. I have a, a 175 days on the ocean. So. Wow. Wow. Well, I'm still interested in the lapidary, believe me. Lapidary is what I'm into. But I'm, 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 I'm really interested in you. Yeah. Uh, at 98 years old, yes. soon to be 99, yes. you have seen a lot of things and seen. a lot of an awful lot of history. As you? I tell people, I was born before radio. <laughs> born before radio. Born before radio, and now you're talking on the radio on the internet I of know. all things. I know. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. But anyway, I I retired in 1975 and uh, moved to the Palm Springs area. And then I moved from there over to here. I was off there 16 years and then moved over here. Now, what did you wear and what did you retire from? I was a J.C. Penny Company store manager. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I was with them 39 years. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, I was very fortunate. My wife and I did all kinds of traveling after we retired. We RV'd the whole United States and all 48 states. In fact, we put 138,000 miles on an RV. So we went to Alaska, and every province in Canada but one. Then we started going overseas. And so we made 19 overseas bus tours in different countries and ended up being in 55 foreign countries. <laughs> and that, that was after I retired, of course. Wow. <laughs> this is mind-boggling. I was RVing, and, um, but I had... Um, my wife passed away 10 years ago, and I sold my RV at that time. But sure. Um, now, in, in 98, I'm going to give you 99 because you're pretty okay. close. Okay. <laughs> okay. 99 years uh, of life on this earth, what are the three most important things that you can think of as far as developments? Uh, the inventions or whatever in 99 oh, years. Oh, it's hard. Well, of course, the Internet is one. Just the whole computer, everything related to the computer is unbelievable. Uh, you know, you could not dream of what that it accomplishes and what's pushing that button in seconds you've got something. Right. It just blows your mind. I think that probably that's one of the biggest things that's ever occurred. It could have all the kinds of things. You couldn't do anything without... The different basic the electricity and all those things, which are, of course, couldn't be anything unless you had electricity. Right. And so, and there's so many fundamental things. There's transportation itself. When you think of it, of the cars that were in 1915 when I was born, and compared to what you have now, it's, it's just a progression, a complete. Uh, uh, a series of things that developed and people invented and invented and invented. Plus, many were invented before I was born. Mm -hmm. The basic of it. And then it was proved and proved and proved. Now, what was life like in 1915? I mean, or, or uh, if you were born then, you probably don't. But shortly after, when you you can realize and you, and you remember yeah. back, was, well, it, was it a hard life? Well, you had... The uh, the thing is that people don't realize how basic you had to live. And when I was married in 1939, um, that doesn't sound like that long ago, but it does. 
but but you just had uh, uh, not the uh, uh, things available for you, and your salary structure, of course, was so much reduced, and you were just coming out of the Depression. I graduated from high school in 1933, and so... That was the very bottom of the entire depression, and you do not know how bad it really was. That I worked for pennies at that time, and I, that's when I started. Was after I got out of high school, and every day you had 20 people that seemed like they were talking to the manager of the store, wanting to take your job, and it was there. That's all there was to it. You had people walk in all day long wanting to get a job. And it, it just can't believe it. You and your salary structure was so great and low. I was married on sixty dollars a month, and so <laughs> twenty-five went for rent, <laughs> and so that was it. And that was our apartment. And then we had about twenty dollars, five dollars a week for groceries. <laughs> then you had ten dollars. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's amazing to me. Uh, yeah. Uh, when, when you when you really so take a minute and you think uh, of, of all of all of all the stuff that's going on today and all the things you hear about and all the belly aching and complaining and these people complaining about their health the health care and and all and all anything you could possibly think of there's an argument over it yeah and and back then it was not a case of arguing over it, it was a case of just trying to make it happen Absolutely. and trying to survive was in a survival mode all the time. Uh-huh. You were in a survival mode all the time to make just exist, you might say. But uh, if uh, you know, in pennies, uh, it was real common that uh, I was paid for forty hour, forty-eight hour work week. You had to work forty-eight hours at fifteen dollars a week. See? So that was it. And then you had those extra hours that you put in. That was just considered part of the job. Now, today you throw your hands in the air, at the, but then when I became manager, my standard work hours as manager of a store was uh, 60 to 70 hours a week. It's just normal. And you didn't think anything of You were a salary person, and so that was the way it was. Later on, of course, things changed. But that was the structure with any any job you had. It was all a... When, when you were working at uh, at J.C. Penney and working 48, 56 hours a yeah. week for fifteen dollars uh-huh. a, a week, yeah, uh, did, did, you didn't have any time to do anything else, did you? Really? I mean, well, no, you didn't think much of it. You just, yeah, you just—it was an existence. You just did it. See? Right. You had eight, nine-hour day, and that's what you did. See. And so that was it. It just wasn't, uh, he didn't really think it was bad. Because everybody was doing it. He didn't know any better. Right. (laughs) Right, right. But anyway, it's just, I had a great, good life. And looking back, I did. And I certainly did. And and when I became manager, I was above the average a little. But uh, he didn't think much of it. It still was not in any classification of what today people are paying. Right. And the hours that you work are just not even comparable. Now, I, I'm, I'm not a historian by any stretch of the imagination. Now, did you serve in World War II? Oh, yes. 
I was drafted at 29 years and 10 months. I put two uh, two years and three months in the service, and I, unfortunately or unfortunately, I was pulled out of the line to to uh, because I had flat feet, believe it or not, and so they didn't send me overseas. And so then I became eventually a first sergeant, so a basic training camp. And so they had 240 men and 30 cadres to train them. And it was an infantry basic training camp is what it was. And that's what I ended up doing the whole time I was in the service. It's, it's amazing what the military does. <laughs> takes place. <laughs> you got flat feet, you can't go fight. But you can march around the tree. <laughs> around, yeah. well, around my life is as long as I don't carry up 50 pounds or 70 pounds on my back. I yeah. can walk fine and everything yeah. else. Yeah. But when you put uh, another 50 to 70 pounds on you, which is with normal, well, yeah, it, it, I say it's weird because I I dislocated my elbow playing playing some football, a little goofy football game that I was involved in, and uh, I dislocated my elbow, and, and because of that, uh, they did not take me for service in Vietnam. I went to the doctor for my pre-induction physical, and said, sorry, you can't straighten out your arm. Yeah. Oh. It seems to me that that arm in that position is just about right for, oh, for right. firing a gun, but a rifle, oh. but oh well, you know, I, yeah. that's what they tell you, that's what you do. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> well, I, I always, uh, after I retired, of course, I, was, I retired to Cody, Wyoming, that was my last store, and uh, so I, uh, after there, I, I let, moved to California, Palm Springs area, and then I worked over lived there 16 years and then moved over here to Sun City and I always wanted to do lapidary and silver path. Well, let's talk a little bit about the lapidary now. Right. We've got we to gotta get into this. Yes, I mean, that's what you came to talk about and I've been talking about your life. <laughs> uh, now, lapidary, as I understand it, is um, polishing the stones and the, yes. and the cutting and polishing. Polishing, correct? Cutting and polishing, yes. You have raw material that is found by usually someone else. Uh, for years, we, I had, uh, my wife and I had a, a Jeep for about 25 years, and we were members of a couple of rock clubs, and uh, so we'd go out hunting rocks, and the rocks you could find were possibly usable in the finished stage, but it turns out they weren't quite as good as what you can buy on the market, and the different ones that you find, different types of stones that you can have. And they're found by just people like uh, you and I, you might say, or people that are in the business, uh, people that are in the business to um, uh, hunt stones and, and sell them for a profit, see, for their effort. And so most of the stones that you get are all uh, been brought in by dealer to dealer to dealer to dealer um, and from overseas. And it's, it's, a, it's a business. And so you buy the stones in either large chunk or you buy it where they've been. someone has taken them and processed them by cutting slabs, as we call it, mm-hmm. which is a slice of the rock in its natural state. And so you buy those slabs. And then from the slabs of whatever stone it is, you pick out an area that looks very attractive to you on the, on the change in, in the coloration of the stones. Uh, to give you the uh, overall picture of that stone and you look at it 
with a to see what looks attractive, and then you cut that little part out, and then you start the process of uh, putting it on a stick. You might say in common terms, there has you might say in terms common terms glue on the back to hold the stone, so you can hang it onto this stick with the stone on it, and then you process and grind the stone and shape it to the crown of the stone so it reflects good and make it to fit to fit into a mounting. And basically, most people uh, make their own mountings or they buy a mounting that is commercially made. And, uh, of course, it is very easy to just buy a mounting and fit it into that or just plain use what we call a bale, B-A-I-L, and it it's next to the one end of the stone or the one side of the stone, and and it just, uh, uh, with a chain, and you put a chain on it, you've got a stone, just a bale, that means no silver or anything around it, and then it ties it out and try to sell it. <laughs> How many members of the Lapidary Club? I'm not sure now, but we had... 120 or 30, I believe it was last year. Maybe it could be a little more. I don't know what the figures are this year. Okay. But it's an old, old club here. It's been around for a while, huh? Yeah. Okay, very good. Bell form. When they opened Bell, they had a leprechaun club to begin with, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But you have actively members, active members, I would say, that are in uh, consistently all the time, 30 to 40 people probably. And then the others are come in occasionally and work. And it, seasonally, of course, we have a complete change with the coming and going of people from the winter period. Right, right. So we get a lot Well, I want to thank you for coming and telling us about the Lavender right. Club, but I really want to thank you about telling you telling us about you. Oh, I'm not special at all. Oh, believe me, you you are you are very special. Before you leave, uh, I would like you to put your name and phone number on there so that I can reach you because I want to do a show just with you about your life experience, and I, I really do. I think it'd be a lot of fun to do, and I ho- and I hope you'd be willing to do it. All right, okay. Thank you. It's been very nice talking to you. Nice talking to you as well. Just put your information on that paper. Okay, we have another another guest joining us right now, and I'll let her introduce herself. She is... Uh, my name is Linda Schock. Yeah, I'm from the Bell Stitcher Club. Bell Stitcher Club. Okay. Now, as a Bell Stitcher, <laughs> do you perform surgery and sew up wounds? We do sew fabric, though, <laughs> a lot, lots and lots of fabric. Um, our club is has been organized here for over 40 years, and... What we do is sew for charity. We make clothes for little girls. Uh, We give away over 600 outfits a year. My goodness. And we sew dresses, shorts, pants, whatever. We buy little T-shirts to go with the the bottom part. Um, And we also sew dresses and so forth. So if uh, anyone's into sewing, they can be part of our club. And then we manufacture or create items to sell to support the other part of our club. Um, You know, we make kitchen items and household items and doll clothes and that sort of product. 
and that's what where we create our money to buy the supplies we need for the um, for the charity. Now let me ask you this: If I need to get a pair of, uh, a pair of pants, Ham, will you do that for me? We don't do alterations. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do mending. We have enough of that at home. Um, no, so we just sew for the kids. I understand. And uh, and uh, sew the product that we make. So, so uh, what are what are the uh, some of the charities that you donate to? We donate through the schools. We have uh, three schools: two in uh, two in Surprise. Um, let's see, one in Glendale, and then the other is a food and clothing bank, uh, Agua Fria. And um, so those are the four outfits or four organizations that we donate to. And um, we donate three times a year. We give away clothes at Easter and at back to school and at Christmas time. And uh, along with the clothing, we also buy a whole cartload of underwear and socks at Walmart to go with. Sure, Usually sure. it's Walmart. Um, and so we seek, we seek donations. We're always asking for donations of fabrics. Uh, people that aren't sewing anymore and have cotton fabric in particular. Um, we're always looking for uh, the donated fabric because we couldn't afford to do what we do or as much as we do without the donated fabric. I understand. Now, uh, how do you know what sizes to, uh, um, to sew? And... Well, we, we sew for your, your, your elementary age kids. Okay, all right. So well, that's, it's, it's pretty standard. It's more, more or less 6 through, the majority is 6 through 10. We make some smaller, some larger, but uh, otherwise it's uh, 6 through sizes 6, 8, 10, or that area. How close are, how close is the sewing and the, and the final, the end products to um, uh, styles of the day? Fairly current. We we try to keep current. We go out to the stores. We check to see how long the dresses are, the skirts are, um, that sort of thing. So we try to keep on top of current fashion. If we see an item in a magazine or a catalog, we'll tear the picture out and try to find a pattern to correspond to that. Um, so we try to stay current. We're always reviewing what we have and getting rid of some of the older fashion and we uh I I'd say we rank right up there <laughs> with current fashion. So. so how uh how much uh, how many patterns I'm assuming you have a lot of patterns yes, in there. Yes, we have um we have six boxes of patterns. Each pattern box is about a foot deep, so whatever would fill <laughs> a foot right. times six. Right. Um we have that many patterns. And you know we we make we make some patterns over and over, but when you use different fabric and put different trim on it, it looks different. So yeah, yeah, who, who would know? It's it's duplication, and again, it goes to four different places. So sometimes if we have a larger selection of one fabric, we'll make several pieces out of that fabric, and then divide it among the four it out. places. Spread it out. Uh, so when you make these deliveries to these. Uh, schools and, mm -hmm. and our Fria and, and so on. How many pieces or units would you say that you deliver at uh, each of these delivery points? Um, somewhere 40, 40 to 50 outfits to each Each location. Uh, and you do that three, three, times, times, a three year. times a year. So 50 times three is 
uh, is 150 times times four is uh, 600 up. It's a year. Yeah. Yes, 600 over 600 a year. Um, we have more members here in the winter time because sure. we have some winter members, but we have an active club year round. Um, we have a lot of our members that are here that live here permanently, and so we're able to keep processing year round. Mm -hmm. And um, and then of course we have the big craft sale in at November that we have to stockpile for <laughs> um, to support our habits, our charity habits. Well, so, but everything so, is donated. All of our people donate their time, their expertise. Um, the members don't receive any recompense for what they do, um, other than we feed them pizza once in a while. There you go. So um, it's it's a way of volunteering without having to leave Sun City and volunteer at a organization. Now, do do you get any of your donations like from? Target or Walmart and uh, whatever the big no, store is. No, don't really get. No, but, uh, they don't. They don't donate no, bolt ends and things like that. It's people. It's the people of Sun City uh, and outside Sun City that have heard about it. Um, usually, it's someone who sewed for a hobby and they are no longer sewing, so they bring everything they have left to us, and we sort through it and see what we can use. Um, and if someone who is uh, maybe a quilter or that has a large supply of fabric, we had a we had a couple occasions recently where people that worked or owned fabric shops went out of business, closed down, so they had fabric left over, and they brought us the advertisement. We went and bought fabric from them at a much less price than we would pay. At this store. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, we and again, we try to do every uh, all of our purchases. We try to be as economical as possible, but we couldn't do what we do without the donation. Right. Now, there's there's obviously we're, we've been talking about fabric and the fact that you get your donations on fabric, but there's thread and there's sure. there's machines that sewing that, machines that need that, to have maintenance right. and there's needles and bobbins and yes. whatever the other parts are. <laughs> all of the various all of the various supplies um, are what we have to buy with the money that we make from our sales. Um, we buy, keep our machines up to date. They're serviced every year just to make them, keep them running. Um, we have our own sewing machines and sergers, so you don't have to have a machine to belong to our club. You can use the club's machine. Um, you can also sew at home if you have your own machine. And a lot of our members do that because when they're in the club room, sometimes they're working on a, on a product that we sell and then they'll take the, a pattern home and make the clothing at home. So, do uh, do any of the members, or maybe it's not allowed for members to be in the facility and sewing for their own purposes? They can also sew for themselves. Yes. Oh, okay. As long as they're the club member, we do expect all of our members to contribute, and they do. Right. Uh, whether they sew for us or they work at uh, one of our sales or uh, at the at the big fall sale, um, volunteer their time for that. But uh, for the most part, everyone sews for us. So. Very nice, very nice. How many members? We have uh, 67 members currently, so we're one of the smaller clubs. 
but I would say for one of the smaller groups, we have quite a bit of output on the product. Yeah, it sounds like it. So it sounds like you're doing we're a very busy group. <laughs> and it sounds like you're doing an awful lot of good in the community as well. So that's uh, that sounds really wonderful. Thank you. And Sun City is known as the city of volunteers. That's right. And you're yeah, we're uh, volunteering as hard as we can. <laughs> volunteering yourself away. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining me. Thank I appreciate you. it. It's all good information. Appreciate it. And uh, good luck in uh, in all your sewing endeavors. All right. But, I, but I, I promise I won't bring a pair of pants. <laughs> we do have references, though, that if you if you do need that kind of work done, we we have some numbers to give Somebody, you. Somebody, we can find some. You. We can find someone. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again. Thank you. Take care now. All right. Stitchery. Now I got a lady here that's got an apron on, and it says Artistic Stained Glass Club, Marla Horning. Oh, very nice. Marla, how are you this morning? I'm good, well, thanks. Good. We want you to hold that microphone right up close. Better? Yeah, right. Better oh, better still. Excellent. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, so you are with the Artistic Stained Glass Club. Right. Stained glass, um, it, is, is that the one where we're talking about the letting and everything yeah. else? Okay. Mm-hmm. And that is also, as well as many of these others, that's, that is quite a um, very artistic. Very artistic. Very artistic. Exactly. I, I just saw a thing on TV recently about stained glass, and it uh, it says that the, the churches back way back when uh, would have stained glass windows, and they would take the windows down because of the value of the stained glass in the to, in case of vandalism. We're talking back. Many, many, many years okay. ago. But they would take the windows, actually take the windows down so that they wouldn't be damaged. During storms? So, uh, during storms. I, th- I think just when, uh, maybe when there wasn't a church service or something. Oh, that would be very, very difficult because they're very, very heavy. Especially right. those big ones they have exactly. in the Exactly, exactly. And, uh, and, I, and I, we have a friend that has, has done some stained glass uh, pieces and we have a few of them that are, uh, were hanging in the house. And mm-hmm. it, it's it's very, very nice. They uh, are. Very, very nice. There's really a variety of things you can do with stained glass. And we have a, a nice collection that we like everyone to come and see, of course. Right. Um, everything from uh, Kleenex box holders all the way up to huge uh, windows that we can that we can make. Now, stained glass uh, now it used to be, in many cases, used actually as a window. Mm-hmm. And I imagine it still is in some places. But now you can nice the nice framed stained glass pieces that could be a wall hanging. Yes, sir. And uh, a lot of them. And, and a lot of them are now being used for that. I mean, you see them in the in the, uh, the retail outlets, the furniture stores, and so on as right. accent pieces and that mm-hmm. type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the seams in between the pieces of stained glass is actually lead, correct? It is. It's actually each piece is covered, the edges are covered with what we call foil, mm-hmm. and then we put a solution on top of the foil, and then we're able to solder that. And that's what holds all the pieces together. And is it actually lead, or is it something that used it to be lead, lead or is it, it is still lead? There's, there's, it's a mixture of lead and, and uh, zinc, I believe, is the other... Because they're metal? Uh-huh. Okay. But um, some of them are 50-50, you know, and some are different, uh, what do I want to say, the quantities 
very. Mm-hmm. But uh, and then we polish it, or we can patina that, and make it different colors. We make them black or copper or whatever, you know. Now the stained glass itself, the do you stain the glass? We don't. We buy the glass already stained. They come in 12 by 12 uh, sheets usually. Uh, we can buy them in, in larger sheets if we need it for a project. Um, and then we cut the glass. Uh, we use patterns generally to cut the glass in different shapes to make the different pictures and designs. And uh, sometimes we just uh, some of the some of the folks in our club just uh, ad lib and make uh, what do you want to call it? Um, I can't think of the word. Um, oh, they're, they're just going to be extemporaneous about it. Whatever's there, they're going to use it the yeah, way it is. And, yeah. yeah, some of them are really, really very interesting. Whatever, we'll come over and take a look. I, I'll have to do that. You're absolutely right. Would it, would it ever be the case where you would take a piece of stained glass, uh-huh. and drop it flat on the table, and have it break, and mm-hmm. use that? Uh, similar, yeah. We've done similar things. Of course, when you do that, you're left with a lot of little crumbly things. Right, right. And we have a way of using those in our, our projects as well. And so you can do just about any size within maybe a half inch. Is that about a small? Oh, yeah, even smaller. Some of them are very, very tiny pieces. Really? So it really gets intricate. I would imagine so. <laughs> yeah, what, what are some of the pieces that you've made that you've particularly enjoyed making? Um, I've made a lot of uh, lampshades. Okay. And um, there's always a market for that, it seems, uh, as well as some plaques. And uh, we make a lot of little fun things, too. We do animals, and people usually like to have an animal that they think resembles their own pet, mm-hmm. and uh, we sell a lot of those. Um, but it's just um, anything that you can imagine we can make. Now, when uh, we got line dancing going on back yeah, there, we, we got do. people out here. Music there. <laughs> people out here doing <laughs> a little line dancing. Also, uh, so when when you manufacture a lampshade, uh-huh. uh and and then uh, do you sell that for for your purposes? Do you get some of the proceeds from that? I, I've made so many lampshades for my family. I think they're about ready to tell me to take a flight. You know, somewhere. <laughs> uh, uh, I just enjoy making those. I mean, I usually find a, a heavy base for them, so we sell them with the base as well. Okay, so you sell the whole, yes, the whole operation, the, yes. the, the lamp and the shade. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Now, do you, when you sell those, uh, the profit structure does that go to you, or is that split with the club? How does that work? It goes to our club, but the club, I mean, it goes to us, but the club gets a percentage of it as well. Okay. Okay. Because we use the facilities there at the club to make sure. it, and, and sure. uh, so. What are some of the facilities that are there? What are some of the, the things that are there that you uh, that you can use? I mean, uh, well, we have a lot of different types of saws, uh, what we call levelers, where you can level the glass uh, okay. to make sure that it is even. Um, and as well as we have the grinders that we use to to shape the glass after we've cut it. And uh, it's a um, pretty big operation. We also have kilns. We have small kilns for small items, and we have a huge kiln for uh, larger things that we can do uh, much more on in a higher temperature. 
So we... Uh, and what, you, what is the purpose of having a kiln? Why do you need a kiln? Well, a kiln will melt the glass. Okay. And we have molds. And uh, if you want, we do what we call slumping. Where that's where you put your feet in and you and the edges of it just slump down. Okay. Uh, then we have other ones that we do like layers of glass that we put in the kiln and it molds them together. So you can have various designs with the molded glass. Is, 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 you, you have several pieces of glass in any in any stained glass uh, product. Now the ones that are molded are are not uh, leaded. Okay, but you have all these various uh, shapes and, and colors of glass. Right. Uh, do they all have to be the same thickness, or can they be different thicknesses as well? They can be different thicknesses, but then you have to allow for the, the thinner ones will melt faster than than the thicker ones if you're putting them in the kiln. Um, and if you're if you're boiling them to put lead around it, you have to allow for that as well uh, when in your piece, but because of the thickness. So generally speaking, do you use the same thickness of glass for everything that's in the piece? It's easier that way, and it seems to go together better if they're all the same thickness. You can have a piece with different um, textures on it too with the glass. Oh. And uh, if you, some of our designs have all clear glass with different textures in different pieces, which really makes it interesting piece. And sometimes it gets you have to use a little thicker foil on some of the pieces if the glass is thicker to allow for the bumps and so forth in the design of the glass. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh. Well, it, it sounds as though it's very interesting <laughs> stuff, and I will have to come down there and see some of this stained glass I think work. You'd be surprised if yeah. you see what all we can do. Absolutely, I'm. I'm Believe me, I was uh, as, as I was mentioning to somebody earlier. Uh, we did the, uh, the similar show from the uh, from the Fairway Club last weekend. Oh, did you? And, and I was down there talking to some people. And I saw some of the stuff down there, and I was very surprised uh -huh. what, was, what was being done down there. And I have no, and I have no reason to doubt that it wouldn't be as equally as surprising here and absolutely yeah. absolutely phenomenal stuff. So um, I I will do that. Okay. Thank you very much for taking the time. Thank you. I appreciate it. Take care now. Thanks again, Marla. I think I have another guest here. I'm good. Bonnie sent you, huh? You walk in, you say, Bonnie sent me, and I know what you're here for. What do you want me to talk about? Well, I don't know. What do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk about? Uh, what, what club do you represent? Bell Craft. Craft? Bell Craft. Okay. So we do all kinds of things in there. We do candle making, card embroidery, which is what I do. Uh -huh. I do. Acrylic painting. Okay. Uh, copper enamel. Okay. Uh, just about everything that you can think of. It goes every Monday through Saturday. Mm -hmm. First classes are from 9 till 3 or starting at 3, uh, I'm sorry, 9 till noon, then noon till 3. But I happen to go on Wednesday night. Okay. So you say first class. Uh, there's. We have two rooms, so you have different classes going at different times. Okay. So can there's classes going, but if somebody uh, is experienced in one particular craft that would be done there, they could just go off on their own and do it. They don't have oh, to absolutely. attend the class. Oh, absolutely. I do it at home after you, you can get the supplies there. Okay. Like my particular class is uh, card embroidery. Okay. The teacher teaches two nights to begin. Okay. And then you can get any of the supplies or patterns that you choose, and you can go home and do it on your own. 
I happen to like to come down and visit with the people. Sure, sure. Men and women both come. Uh-huh. We do have men. Good. And they do some of the best work. They do. They really do. I, I, I believe You're not surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Well, I'm not That's the least bit surprised that a man can do some of the best work. I mean, That's right. There you go. It's not a match. But it is a nice way to, to be social. Uh-huh. To be social. And one thing about Sun City, you can be as idle or as busy as you want. That is a fact. That absolutely, that absolutely is absolutely. a fact. Yeah, I, I do know that. I mean, my... Years ago, my, my parents moved here 38 years ago or something like that, and uh, uh, they're both gone now, but, I mean, they were both, my dad, my dad played golf. That's what, that was his thing. He played golf. He played golf and built additions on the house, uh, but my mother was involved in, in several things, line dancing that's going on yes, here, and, and, she, and she was involved in ceramics, and I told somebody else earlier, and then, of course, she also worked at a, a local food bank, and uh, it, it was it was amazing. I mean, here they are, they're retired people, they retired at, my dad retired at age 55. My, and, my husband, too. And, and, I, and I, I remember thinking that this has been a driven man all of his life, yeah. all of his life, he's been actually driven uh, top executive at uh, at Ford Motor Company for mm-hmm. in his division, and uh, I'm just saying this this man's going to die of a heart attack. He's not going to know till he this. didn't, did he? He had fun. Oh my God! <laughs> he had fun. My husband worked 36 years at Motorola. Okay. Retired. Okay. And he's now on the Sun City Posse. Like okay. nothing he's ever done. He was always in the office for 36 years. Sure. Now he does the Posse and he loves it. Right. He's done it for about six years now. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it is. He loves it. What, what do you want to do? It's here in Sun City. What you want to do is here. Yeah. From, from healthy things to non-healthy things. <laughs> you got some non-healthy things? Uh, yes. We ladies do have that. Oh, no. We do. We, do. we won't go into it. You never know who's listening. Well, a little bit of wine tasting here and there doesn't hurt anything, right? A little bit? <laughs> well, well, some. <laughs> Anyway, it's a lot of fun. It really is. And, and everyone I talk to, seriously, as with everything, sure, it's it's a lot of fun. Whatever you want to put into it. Well, it is whatever you put into it. You're absolutely you're absolutely your right. Your you're right. right. I mean, if you want to be an old frumpy grouch, you can be an old frumpy grouch here too, can't you? Uh, once in a while, they show up up here, but they don't usually stay long. <laughs> They can't stand the happiness. There you go. That's well, the truth. Uh, That's the truth. I, 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 I would tend to agree with you. It is. I would tend to agree with yeah. you. Well, anything else you want to tell me about your Bell Craft Club that uh, between you and Bonnie you think we may not have gotten we to? Just had our, we just had our uh, party. Did she tell you that? No. Thursday. What a blast. That was a lot of fun. It's the springtime. Snowbirds are getting ready to go home. I'm one of the ones that stay in the sweat heat. Uh-huh. But uh, we did have a fun time. We always have the parties this time of the year. Okay. So we did have a good time. We're open uh, boutique-wise. We're open all the time, as, mis- as many of the clubs are around sure. here, uh-huh. as many of the clubs. So just about any time you can come in here and nose around and see if there's anything in see there whatever you want to of, do. of interest. Or yeah, just and, shop. Or just, or just, and just yeah. shop. You know, you know, it's amazing. People, uh, other than, I can honestly say, speaking for myself, that I would never have thought of coming to one of the rec centers and looking for gifts. Yes. For whether they're birthday gifts, anniversary gifts, Christmas gifts. That's what we have, yes. Whatever. I mean, I, I would never have thought in a million years Not just in Bellcraft, which is where I am, Bellcraft. Right. You have right. all kinds of things to sell. I don't sell, I give away. Talk to my husband about that. We won't. But anyway, I give everything away. But a lot of the people do sell in there. 
but each of these different organizations sell the jewelry sells, the candle people sell, the uh, stained glass sells. They all have different things that they, some people sell. Right. Some of us keep, give away whatever. Right, right. Know? But the fact is, I mean, it, it, it's there. There is something there. Yes. For people to look at and consider. Yes, that's right. And, and we have, we're right here by the Maricopa County Library. Right. Right. So you can stop in there, but you can also come right through the gates and come to us also. We have places to eat here. Uh-huh. Yeah, there it is. There are. Bowling. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, I remember back in the day, I don't know where you were from, but... Uh, Kansas. Okay. I left Dorothy and Toto. I can't Yeah, there you go. Well, Dorothy and Toto are doing well. I, I think they are. <laughs> um, uh, but I remember an advertisement... It was a jingle, which I will not sing, because I cannot Oh, please, I'd no, like to. No, I'd no, like no, to hear it. No, 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 no. no that's fine. Then that's what but, I would but do. But the line, the line was, I'm doing my, I think it was, I'm doing my Christmas shopping at Robert Hall this year. Oh. And Robert Hall was a men's store. Okay. Okay. And I think we can change the words and say, we're doing our Christmas shopping at Bell Rec Center this there, year. There you are. There you go. This particular weekend is, is us. We do have seven of the different rec halls. This happens to be one of the seven. Right. So there are many golf courses in Sun City, many swimming pools, many pool tables, many Absolutely. exercises all over the place. Ken is Bellcraft. There you go. This particular weekend. Belinda, thank you for coming thank out. Thank you very much. And helping us to celebrate. Hello to my husband if he's out there. Well, there yes. you go. Yes. There Tony Zizzo. What's that? Tony Zizzo. Tony Zizzo. Yeah. Okay, Tony. Yes. He's uh, working the posse today? No, he's doing a honeydew list. Oh, you le- you left the honeydew list with yes, him and you came far, over here. By far. He actually did the posse two days ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> nice to meet you. Nice meeting you. And I, I can see that I have another guest here as well. Oh, I could. I'm hoping so. Oh, I know this woman. You have a wonderful woman here. Oh, my. This is Pat Cook, and I love her, and I love her husband. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, Linda. <laughs> Well, Pat, that was that was quite an endorsement there that you that you just got. Uh, sounds like you're quite a celebrity. No, we just Linda and I know. <laughs> Put that real, just real close. Like there you go. There you go. I saw on your on your badge that you're with the Lapidary Club. Correct. And I just talked to this gentleman here, uh, Mason. Tom Mason, mm-hmm. an amazing man. Right. And I was remiss in that I didn't get to talk a lot about Lavender because I started talking about Tom Mason. And uh, as I said, so he was nice enough to give me his contact information because I want to have I want to do a show just with him about the history he, of a ninety-nine year old man right. and sharp as a tack. Yep. There's he's no going on a cruise tomorrow. That's what he told me. Through the Panama Canal for the fourth or fifth time. Right. Yeah. Right, amazing. Right, right. Well, let's talk about the Lapidary Club, and let's talk about you a little bit, and how long have you been with the club? I've been with the club about um, six or seven years. Uh-huh. I was working when we first moved out here in 97, and uh, we got into Lapidary. Neither one of my husband nor I had ever dealt with rocks before, mm-hmm. but uh, we got into it, and we love it. I notice you have some nice earrings with what looks like some turquoise and silver. Yes. Are those something that you made here at the Uh Center? No, because I don't make jewelry. Okay. My husband does. I make spheres. 
Okay, smalls, okay. <laughs> Different shapes of no, all, 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 all the all in the ground. Oh, okay. Right. Um, How the heck do you do that? Well, you start with a perfect square, a cube, mm-hmm. and then you cut off about 12 corners and flip it over and cut off another eight or so corners. And then you grind it down by hand. Kind of looks like a ball, but you don't. It, you know it's not perfect. We have two machines. One is a two-headed machine, and one is a three-headed machine that uh, grinds and polishes the ball into a perfect ball and polishes it. How large are they? They vary from. You can make them from like one inch to five inches. And what are they? Uh, they're made of a piece of stone. They're correct? made out of a rock. Uh, yeah. Out of a rock, a plain, plain and simple rock. I mean, it's not plain and simple rock, but I, I mean, it's it's a nice decorative, pretty rock right. with patterns and so on and so yeah. forth in it. But nonetheless, then you have this ball, and then what does a person do with that ball? Well, you just put it on the shelf for pretty, or you can put it onto a fountain. Because anything that's round, and it doesn't take very much water to cause it to spin. And it, oh. it puts water into the air, which we don't have an awful lot of water in our air in Arizona. So it's good for the air. and it To spin, that means you have to mount it on something so that it will rotate, correct? Actually, what you're using is a pump with water that shoots up and once as long as the ball is round and not flat in any area, it will spin. But it has and it will stay up. Just from, from oh, the water. Just from the water, the weight of the exactly. water, the pressure of the water. Exactly. Oh man. Now how <laughs> where do you get the pump? Oh those are a dime a dozen. They're like uh Michaels and whatever else? Yes. Okay. Um pool pool stores. Yes, full source um, fountain because we have a lot of fountains in Arizona. A lot sure, of people put sure. them uh, in their yards. Just so, you could, so you could have a whole display of dancing balls. You could, but mostly I give them away. Okay, okay, <laughs> that's really interesting. Yeah, uh, as long as you don't have a cat that drinks the water, you're probably okay. Right, right. It, well, little children, and we don't have very many little children in Sun City that play in the water. But Unless the grandkids are here. Yeah, yeah. and you put away the fountain. <laughs> and then, so when it starts to when you turn on the fountain again, do you just set the ball gently on the... Yes. And you have to have enough water in there. So, right. you know, the water does evaporate too quickly, so you need to refurbish it. But um, you put the ball on it, and as long as everything is balanced, if things have to be balanced, then it will spin. Uh, you, so, the, in other words, uh, the the ball, the, the rock ball, has to be, it can't be heavy weighting on one side or the other. I mean, if it's somewhat more dense on one end and one side than the other, it won't spin, correct? Uh, right. The chances of that are really slim. Okay. I mean, the rock is not going to be, unless you ha- pick a rock that is half and half, <laughs> you know, half to one, um, one rock and half the other rock. Okay. Can you can you ever put 
two pieces, two halves together somehow? Um, we never tried it. Um, I don't see any reason for it because sometimes when you do cut a rock in half, let's say, you would just display that as a half a rock. Because okay. <laughs> sometimes you make mistakes. Okay, all right. <laughs> so, so you have not so many rocks uh, that are not just solid one piece. I mean, you, you'll, you'll have half. They're usually from, a conglomerate. Okay. Unless you happen upon a particular kind that's all agate or all jasper. Is, is there a particular type of material that you like to work with over others? Well, one of the spheres that I made was Polish flint. And it's got beautiful swirls. It's just basic, basically beige and browns and grays, but the swirls in it are gorgeous. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I like that one, Ocean Jasper. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just thinking in my mind here of all the possibilities there are in nature for colors and, and whatever else. And now these are all natural stones. That's right. Or rocks, yeah. correct? There's no synthetics here. Uh, we do, some people work with synthetic stones. For example, um, man-made opal. Okay. And glass. Mm-hmm. But most, for the most part, lapidary works with stones, rocks that become beautiful stones. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> Always interesting talking to these people from the cube, from the craft centers. <laughs> well, and most everybody, with one exception, has never worked with this material before. New. It's new to them. You know, we retired and said, let's play. How did you choose uh, making spheres over all the possibilities that are there? How is it that you chose, I want to make spheres? Well, I didn't do anything in the lapidary at first, except I was the secretary of the club, and I also managed the store. Mm-hmm. You're okay. But my husband um, was making jewelry, and I said, I don't want to do what you're doing. Right. So I said, and there was a particular man who, who showed me how to do it. And then you just kind of pass it on. And, and you just took a liking to it? Right. I took a liking to it. It's, it's not, I mean, it's going to be kind of sexist in saying it's a woman's thing because it requires a great deal of patience. Well, that makes sense to me. <laughs> That's why I think sometimes golf is a woman's thing, too, because it takes a... <laughs> right. I, play, I play golf and I think, I need to put a shirt on. <laughs> For no other reason than because I need to have some patience. On. Yeah, right. We just got back. Um, we work with the Rock Hounds uh-huh. in Sun City, and we just returned from a, a rock hounding trip in Deming, New Mexico. Tell me about a rock hounding trip. I mean, uh, do, I mean, do you go in campers and go rock rocking, rock hounding? In this particular um, trip was not in campers. We we stayed in a motel, but it's where the BLM and state parks are only available to rock hound or pick up rocks two days out of the year. So there were people from all different states that were there and. Um, in one case, one of the trips, they went in and backhoed a whole bunch of dirt to throw up some rocks. 
and we dug for them in that dirt. In some cases, it was actually desert, and we knew because they told us what we were looking for, and we found rocks, pick pickaxe, uh, shovels. Do you, do you ever do you ever two people see the same rock at the same time when you go for it? And you have pickaxes at 15 feet? <laughs> no, because there's a lot of rocks around. And so <laughs> there's always another, you can have a choice. There's a, always another stone to be on. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, rolling stones and all that stuff. <laughs> well, I, really, I want to thank you for coming and being a, okay. a, a great guest. And I, I want to come and see your spheres. You do that. There's some in the window. Uh, well, you know, it's amazing. I, I, as soon as we wrap this up, I've got a couple of things that I've got to run out and do. But this is going to be here for 3 o'clock. I may just try to grab my wife and we're going to come over and schmy around. I don't, I don't know if we're going to be able to get it done, but it sounds like it'd be a fun well, afternoon. Well, it's a fun thing to do. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks Thank again. you. Take care. Appreciate it very much, Pat. For the lapidarian, she makes spheres. I have a gentleman here, Harold Toms, is it? Harold Toms. And Harold Toms... Uh, is sitting down and he's with what organization? Bell Silvercraft. Flower? Bell Silvercraft. Silvercraft, okay. That's right, I think you've interviewed Dwight before today. Uh, I, I did. Yes. yes, I did, I did. I got set over here, so <laughs> here I am. <laughs> well, thanks for being patient. I saw you uh, waiting around over there. Um, the um, the Silvercraft is... is do you, not, I mean, I, I didn't want to mistake when I asked a question. Uh, how many different, or are there different forms of silvercraft? Is it all the same thing? No, it isn't all the same. Some people do fabricating, which means they take silver and, and solder pieces together and make rings and bracelets and pendants and what others. Mm -hmm. uh, we have uh, casting area where we do casting of silver. That means you have a, a model that you've made out of wax, and it's a lost wax process. Put it in high heat and inject silver into it, and, and we have that, that. We have wire, a lot of wire wrapping and wire stuff that people make. So it's, there are a lot of facets to it. It isn't just one. Okay. Okay. Uh, now, what is what is the part of it that you enjoy doing best? What is if you have a specialty or whatever the case might be? Well, I don't have a specialty. I try a little bit of everything, but mostly I fabricate. I like to make something from scratch, and, and it's real satisfying to do that. You plan it, get the materials together make it, put it together, and, uh, and it's very satisfying. It's a great hobby. Do you draw it out before you start? Yeah, I mean, usually do, yeah. A little diagram of yeah, whatever it is. what it's, okay. it's going to look like, right. And now, you could you can fabricate most anything, I would imagine, correct? Right. Right. Uh, whether it be earrings, necklace, bracelet, whatever the, whatever the right. case might be. Right. So you could have a... And woven is it is woven the right term for yeah, that? Now that's usually wire. That's wire. Okay, I'm sorry. That, yeah, yeah, they, I, they I do a that. lot of wire. Uh, we have a fellow, Harold Peterman, who's presently uh, demonstrating over here 
how he does his wire projects, and they're just beautiful. He's just amazing what he does. We have some really, really outstanding craftsmen in, in our club. Make beautiful jewelry. This, this whole, uh, as I mentioned to a few other people uh, last weekend, uh, Saturday I was at the Fairway Center doing the same type of thing. And uh, and I haven't had an opportunity to really look around here uh, yet today, but I'm going to imagine that this place, just like over there, is just full of fantastic artisans. It is. Uh, I'm just people that are from all walks of life that have come here and decided that they want to try this. Right. And before you know it, they have a, they find that they have a knack for it, and they just really they just really start to live it. Right. And and make beautiful, beautiful pieces. Oh yeah, beautiful stuff turned out here. Uh, I was a golfer when I moved to Sun City. I golfed for about twelve years and was having some physical problems, so I had to do something. Uh, you have to keep busy. Sure. So I thought I uh, all along I thought it might be fun to get into some projects like silver trap, and so I signed up for the classes and got involved, and it's a wonderful hobby. The next thing you know, there you are. There I am. Instead of on the golf course, you're over here. I'm over here. I'm not at the golf course anymore at all. <laughs> I quit totally. Did I sold you? my golf cart, sold my club, just quit, which is very hard to do because I love golf, but I, I wanted to do something different. Sure. And sure. This has been a really a good outlet. Well, I, I'm still playing golf, but there may come a day when I'll, I'll just say no mas. Matter of fact, every time I play golf, I'm about ready to say no mas. <laughs> I know what you mean. But that's for a different reason. That's one, day, one day to the next. You never know. <laughs> day to the next. Heck, it's one hole to the next. One shot to the next. Yeah. I hit a good one. I said, wow, okay, I'll keep playing yeah. <laughs> today. Yeah, I, I used to come home and tell my wife I had a great round today, you know, maybe I shot an 80 or something, which for me was really good. And the next time I played, <laughs> you know, it might be a 96 or 100, but that's the way golf is. My wife and I have. This This is pretty consistent. Yeah. <laughs> you make a mistake now and then, but not, not like that. Yeah, my wife and I have, have this standing thing about golf, and she say, how did you play? And I said, well... I said, I played really well, except that I had a seven, and if I hadn't hit that tree, uh, and the ball hadn't come back to me or gone the other direction, I, it, it could have been, a, it could have easily been a five, maybe even a four. And so now it gets to the point, she said, how did you play today? And I said, well, she said, I know. If your sevens had been fives and your fives had been threes, <laughs> you'd have had a really great day. And I, <laughs> I said, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> pretty much it. We have about, uh, I don't know, Dwight, when you talk to him, told you we have about 150 members of our club, uh-huh. and, uh, all walks of life, like you said. Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of ladies, a lot of women are involved. Right, right. And they really do nice work. Um, I'm sure they do. I, yeah. I, you know, I, I have I have no doubt that anybody over here that's been doing it for any length of time is just doing wonderful work here. If you're, if you're a beginner at it, you're a beginner at it, that's, and you'll get better. Well, just yeah. like golf. Well, yeah. Just like everything else. Yeah. You know, you, you got have to do it 
Got to keep at it. Keep at it. Make your mistakes and exactly. problems. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just like everything else. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you, Harold, for coming by and visiting with me. Uh, well, really, really appreciate your taking the time. To meet you. Nice to meet you as well. And I, I uh, too, too bad you're not playing golf anymore where you go out and chase the <laughs> golf ball around. But maybe I'll have to come over here and I'll, and you can show me some well, stuff. Why don't you do that? <laughs> okay. I know. Let's see you. Sounds great. Thank okay. you very much. I appreciate it. Take care. Harold Toms from Silversmithing, and we're having a, another guest that's coming to visit with us, and uh, she's going to have a seat right now, and you can just take that and put it right up close to your mouth, and how are you this morning? Okay, I'm doing great. And what is your name? My name is Betty, and I'm with the Friendship Quilters here at the Bell Center. The Friendship Quilters. That's okay. correct. And what is the... Friendship Quilters. What are the Friendship friendship Quilters? We are a uh, club that teaches quilting as well as um, has a number of classes, and we do all kinds of quilting. Uh, we sell some of our things. We also uh, do a lot of work for charity. We give away about 100 quilts a year for two local charities in the uh, Sun City and Arizona area. Everything from uh, WIC programs where mothers bring young children for well-child checkups right. at local uh, low-income clinics to the VA hospital. Um, we make uh, quilts for newborn babies for the moms of that are veterans that are having babies. Um, we give quilts to a local shelter for abused women. Um, we give quilts to a group home uh, that has children that had had to leave their homes and are not in foster care. So those are our charity uh, emphasis, and uh, sometimes they change a bit from year to year. It sounds like a great part of what you do is charity work, then, isn't it? That's correct. A lot of what we do is charity. Many people are interested in that, and we have we can afford to do that because we make some quilts that we sell, and we also accept donations from people. For uh, they bring us uh, fab uh, cotton fabric that we uh, turn into quilts, and we use the donations to make those quilts. How, um, how big are these quilts? I mean, they, oh, they range from baby size to king size. Okay, so... Uh, the ones that we donate are generally twin size or double, and, of course, baby quilts that we're giving to the WIC sure. program. Um, we just created a magnificent king-size quilt that came as part of a donation. Someone had started it and for reasons that we don't know, not finished it, so the family brought it to us. It was a spectacular piece and we sold it recently and that will provide us with money to continue our quilting. Now, do you uh, do any of these quilts get entered into quilting contests and things like that? Oh, so only when we have a quilt show. We typically do not enter like the Arizona Quilt Guild contest and things like that. Our emphasis is 
uh, not on winning prizes. Our families are very lucky. Our friends are lucky in that we give them a number of quilts. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, we typically do not do contests. Okay. Okay. Uh, the the organization itself is 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 one of the uh, uh, oldest around here, I would imagine, right? They've been here for quite some time. We have uh, been uh, a quilt group for a little over ten years. There is another quilt group in some city, the Creative Quilters, that have been around a longer. Um, but then that group got very large, and and so Friendship Quilters kind of split off. So. When I say large, I mean that we need to have room to do sort of flying machines and do all this work. So when you get too many people, you know, there's just not room for everybody to work. Right. And everyone doesn't show up at one time, of course, but still, we needed more space. Yeah, sure, you need to have, you need to have some space to spread out That's that right. quilt. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly so, it. Now, it, 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 do, do these various quilters that are in the organization, do they have specialties? I mean, do some of them primarily like to do the baby quilts or they like to do the big quilts? I mean, uh, are, are there some people that do one in preference oh, over we, another? We have a wide variety of people in our club with a wide variety of skills. The marvelous thing is that people who have advanced skills are always willing to share, so we teach classes sure. free, free, $5 a year for the membership. We do have people who prefer to do baby quilts because they like the idea of something nice and cuddly for a newborn or a little one. We have people who love to do big quilts. We like we have people, uh, two ladies, who especially like to do quilts for young boys, like in those group homes. Mm-hmm. So they like to have fabric that has trucks and cars and tractors and sports things on it, and they create some fantastic things, and that's just something they uh, love to create. It's all about the creativity. Now, there's, there's, I don't know the first thing about quilting, so I'm going to ask you some dumb questions. There are no dumb questions. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm thinking of a quilt, and I'm thinking of, say, let's say there was a, an animal figure that was padded and quilted in the middle of this wonderful piece. That's one form of quilting, I would imagine. Yes, it is. And the other one that I have heard of, and that's uh, patchwork quilting. Yes, that's right. And patchwork is when you have several squares, and then you put them all together. That's right. Is that correct? That's correct. Wow, I know more about quilting than I thought. My husband doesn't know about quilting either, and he cannot figure out why I go out and buy material and then chop it all up into small pieces and then reassemble it. He thinks it would be much easier if I would just simply sew those larger pieces together and call it quilted. But that is just not what quilters do. We like to make small pieces and then reassemble them okay. into intricate patterns. Uh, so uh, the, the definition of quilting then is just the com- is basically the combination of those pieces, correct? It is that the actual quilting comes when you have the quilt top sewn, you put a layer of what we call batting Mm -hmm. in the middle and the back on it. And the quilting word actually means the joining of those three layers of fabric fabric to make the quilt. But yes, the idea of quilting, what we love to do is take small pieces and reassemble them in 
neat and different and intricate ways that are pleasing to the eye. You work out the colors, you work out the patterns, all of that. So that's what we like to do. Very good, very good. Well, thank you very much for giving me a quilting lesson. Thank you for asking. It's a good time. You have a great day. Thank you. You do the same. And we just learned a little bit about quilting that I never knew the first thing about. So uh, another another example of another another example of uh, artisans that are that are here in in Sun City in the in the Bell Rec Center here for the Fun Day celebration. And I have another one speaking to me right now. Her name is... Meredith Treston. Meredith Treston. Pull that right close to your mouth, Meredith. And uh, you are with the Artistic Stained Glass Club. I talked to... I don't have the list of people. President Marla. Marla. Okay, she was a president. I didn't even know she was a president. Yes. Uh, okay, I talked to Marla about, about stained glass, and she said that she enjoys doing spheres. I'm sorry? She likes to do the spheres, the balls. Yes. Yeah, and uh, I mean I've seen those things uh, on on the dancing waters in stores before, oh, you know. Yeah, and and yeah. I and I was I marveled at them, and I was I never, but I never realized that that could be done right here. And uh, so that seems to be your specialty. Do you have a specialty? I do have a specialty, and I fuse glass. It's uh, not a new process by any means. The ancients did it, but not with a whole lot of luck. And um, now we buy a special glass. That, uh, I, I came here about 10 years ago, and it was just stained glass. Uh, but I took a lot of classes, and now I teach it here. So there are all kinds of elements in the club right now that um, it, it's just different from the stain in that it's cooked in a kiln uh, to a very precise computerized schedule so that it anneals as it's coming down and, and fortifies itself. So... All you have to do is dream up what you're going to make and uh, figure out how to fire it. Okay, dream up what you're going to make. That, that's that's a wide yeah. open, wide open-ended statement. So imagine imagining the uh, the the process is also very open-ended as far as what it's can be done. Extremely open-ended. It never ends, really. Um, and glass, also just glass in general. You can go down the arm of blowing glass. Of, lamp working glass, etc. none of which we do here. We do the stained glass and the fusing. And so by fused glass, I especially like to do dinnerware. Um, all of the dishes my husband and I eat from were handmade, and yes, I do put them in the dishwasher, and they do survive. And yes, when people come for a dinner party, their mouths drop because they're all individually made. Uh, but also, I like to make vases for flowers, and put candle lights in the wind chimes that are super tolerant because they've been tempered in the kiln. Uh, just tons of different things that you can make. I've never even thought of a wind chime being made from glass. Well, I just sold one, the second, um, and uh, I happen to be sitting near where a woman said, I love this, and it says wind tolerant, but are they? And, and I told her, I guaranteed that they are, they are, because like steel is tempered to hardness, that's, the glass goes through a similar process in the kiln where it's held at a certain degree for a long time. And that really allows the glass to cool in a solidified way and, um, and be tolerant. Uh, sure, if you smash it on the floor, it'll break. Sure, absolutely. Yep. Uh, now, 
tell, tell me about your dinner plates. Oh. Um, I mean, I, I, if, if, you're, if you're serving dinner at your house yeah. to yeah. friends and neighbors, and let's say there's six people there, mm-hmm. and does every person have a, a, different, new, a different and unique dinner plate? Yes. Really? In a theme. Um, the first set that I made, I made using, after you fuse flat, you then um, bend or what's called plump or drape in the kiln. So it takes the shape of whatever object it's going into. And so the first ones I did were pasta bowls. And uh, one of them that I made, a friend said, oh, look, you put a saguaro right in the middle. Well, I didn't know I did. (laughs) So since he said it, it looked just like the arms of a saguaro. So then I started doing them that way. So they're all different colors. Um, You know, I used very Arizona colors with terracotta and a persimmon and black and uh, brown, and then just play organizing all the colors so that each one is different and yet part of a set. No, they're not transparent. So those are not transparent, uh, which could be. My second set are square ones, and they are transparent. So you could have a series of all the same shape, Yes. Uh, all transparent, Yes. and all different colors. Yes. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. And I live, I, I live in upstate New York as well, and I have the same ones differently designed up there. So uh-huh. it's great fun. But there's a point where it's such an addiction. What are you going to do with them? Well, yeah, I, that, that would be my next question because I know, when, and I've told this story that my mother, when she was uh, active here in Sun City before she passed, uh, she uh, years ago did ceramics. Mm-hmm. And she had all kinds of ceramics. And I mean, all kinds of ceramics. She did the Christmas trees with the little things mm-hmm. again, and you put a light in it. And it, and it she did villages, sure. Christmas villages, one for my daughter, uh, one for her daughter, uh, one for the granddaughter. I mean, yeah. <laughs> everybody had villages. Right. Uh, and then you put them there with the lights and the trees and mm-hmm. cotton for snow and, and, and whatever else. And it got to the point. She, I can't make any more of this stuff. Exactly. You know, exactly. It just gets piling up, piling up, piling up. And before you know it, you've got more ceramic than you could ever imagine. Well, absolutely. And I also love to do ceramics, but I, I just found I couldn't do both. Besides, my house is crammed, and I give away a lot. I sell a lot. Um, but it, it is, it's an addiction, I, yeah. you know, and I just I have to make them. Yeah, well, sooner or later it ends up in a garage sale. Well, absolutely. You know, yeah. Yeah. Really that's does. right. Everything I mean, here does. Yeah, yeah. My, 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 I know my daughter took some of the uh, few things that Grandma had made. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had the garage sale after uh, after she passed. And yep. A lot of that stuff ended up there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And people bought it. I mean, and people like, are treasuring it. Yeah, sure. yeah, I'm sure they're enjoying it. So uh, you've been doing this for, what do you say, eight years? Uh, I started fusing ten years ago. Ten years ago. And I had done stained glass back home since 1980. Okay. Uh, the Olympic year in Lake Placid, New York. And All right. I, I was a school teacher. We had no school for eight, six, eight weeks. Really? Well, yeah, because really? the National Guard moved into our building. They had to be housed. And the athletes and the media had to be housed. So our schools shut down with state dispensation. And I learned how to do stained glass at that time. The, living in a town, you, so you lived in Lake Placid. Yes. Uh, living in a town where the Olympics are has got to be an experience. It's very uh, yeah. uh, Is it exciting or is it uh, 
a pain in the neck and you want to leave Dodge? Um, you know, locals learn the back roads, not that there are many, or you learn to stay out of town. Um, you, you learn how to do it, and it's what keeps the town going. So you sure, sort of, sure. You know, so I don't yeah. have to live with it. Because I know, I know when uh, when the Super Bowl was here, I heard people saying, "I'm getting, I, I, I'm taking a vacation for here, take, right. taking a long weekend somewhere, yeah, yeah. or the week somewhere, yeah. or whatever." Well, there's always there's the town is always pretty crammed in the summertime, conventions, visitors, etc. But um, you, you just learn what to avoid and when to avoid it. Yeah. And yeah, everybody's pleased at the end of the summer. Sure, I would ima- I would imagine so. Uh, yeah, I, I I I didn't understand that. I mean, I know when we lived in San Diego, San Diego, and they had the Super Bowl over there. We took the trolley down there to San Diego, and we went through the fan fest, and we went down mm-hmm. down to the gas lamp where all the parties were going on, and big team contingents marching up and down mm-hmm. the main drag in the yep. gas lamp quarter with all the restaurants. And I mean, it was a party. It was a heck of oh, a lot of fun, a yeah. lot of fun, and. And why would you not want to experience that? I don't understand, but I guess you know, uh, to each his own. But I know I get my, I got myself uh, uh, in, in a very enjoyable frame of mind. When we well, in, interesting you say that because as school teachers, my husband and I noticed that the kids that we taught, um, it was such a pattern for so many years of going off to college and half a semester in quitting. They were so used to seeing people partying and on vacation that they didn't know what real life was. Uh-huh. And so it kind of yanked I think things have changed somewhat because it's so much more international now, but but uh, it, it really did pull them back in. Yeah, right. I want to thank you oh, so for coming and visiting with me and telling me about your your background and what you, and what you do. and. Lake Placid, My pleasure. Lake Placid, New York. Lake Placid, New York. Yeah, I mean, we had quite a few boys that we taught that were in the Olympics this year, boys and girls. Really? It was very fun to watch them. Really? Who were some of them that were? Bill DeMong, who's a, um, um, I never can say this, he's the Nordic combined. Okay. So he jumps and he cross country. Mm-hmm. And then we had... Uh, Did he fire the rifle too? That's Biathlon. That's by okay. Biathlon. Right. Um, his sister did that, but she didn't continue with it. And uh, a skier called Andrew Weibrecht, who won, I do believe, he won, well, he won gold. He won, he gold. won the gold. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yep, yep. Parents yeah. are famous innkeepers up there. Are they? Yeah. They they run the Mirror Lake Inn in Lake Placid. Oh, we know. And uh, it's, a, it's a, a Diamond Star great place. Wow, yeah. It's an ideal place to grow up, as long as sure. you're level-headed and uh, parents make you get out. Yeah, that, that, that's that level-headed thing, you know. That's, that, that's the key. That, yeah. that very much be the key, yep. no doubt about yep. it, no doubt about it. Well, I want to thank you again. I've, I'm just checking my checking my time here. I think you're going to be my last guest for the day. Okay. And uh, we're going to close this down now, and uh, I really appreciate the, you and all the other folks By all means. that were here. And I, I would like to get uh, just briefly Kathy Carlson, Carson Carlson, you don't you don't know her? Okay, she was the one that kind of organized this thing. And, yeah, I don't know who that is. And I think she, I don't know which room she's can, in over there. I, I can't point her out. I could certainly. Yeah, well. Around, yeah, well, she, I think she's probably back probably. in her. Well, if you get a chance, come over and look at our stuff. I will do that. Thank you very Thank much. You very Thanks for your time. Okay, well that's that's pretty much going to be a wrap here for the Bell Rec.
fun days here on a nice Saturday morning. Uh, it's going on 11 o'clock, and we're going to be wrapping it, shutting it down. Uh, but it's going to be going on until 3 this afternoon. So if you'd like to uh, come out here, if you're listening to the sound of my voice here in the Sun City area, uh, come on. I think I have a, another gentleman here that's going to sit down and talk to me. Is that Ron? Okay. All right. Well, I do. And you're going to be the last one, Ron. Uh, All right. <laughs> and, Ron, who are you with? Silver, Silvercraft? I'm, I'm with the Bill Silvercraft Club. I've had a couple of silver crafters here today talking about it. Now, do you have a, a specialty that you uh, that you do in there? Well, I'm one of the semi-newbies. Okay. So I just try not to melt too much silver as I'm clumping along. Okay, very good. I, no, I want to talk to you also quickly before we go off air. <laughs> Oh, she's sitting on. I'm not hearing you, Kathy. <laughs> so you're a newbie, and, and you want to just make that uh, do as little damage as possible. I, I try to keep it to a minimum. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and uh, but uh, just I'm I'm the turtle of the club. Are you? I I just kind of plod along and and uh, try to be semi-creative without doing too much damage. Well, if, if it sounds like uh, you found something that you enjoy doing, and eventually you're going to be one of the the old timers in there that's doing all this intricate stuff. And uh, have you found any particular thing that you like to do more than others? Well, I I've kind of zeroed in. I I'm doing some rings and I and some pendants, uh, working with some polished finished cabossons of, of various kinds of rocks and, mm-hmm. and such. So uh, those are the two things that I'm primarily working with right now. Well, as a newbie, I imagine, I'm calling you a newbie. I don't know if that's a term of endearment. (laughs) That's fine with me. (laughs) But uh, as somebody that's just basically getting started in this, I imagine it takes you a while to learn all uh, uh, all the jargon. Well, that and the techniques. Uh, I have never done anything like this in my life, so it's entirely... Uh, new experience and, and new process. And like I say, uh, I I try to keep my melting of the of the silver to a minimum, but that's where I uh, then save that and go and use that in my casting. Okay. And right. when I do any casting work. Yeah, so you you can always you can always use it again. I mean, it's not as if yeah. It's, not it's, as it's, it's not like I've. I've that you totally spoil the silver. Uh, you save your your remnants and and small pieces and whatever hasn't worked out, and you can use that uh, within the, the lost wax casting work as well. Right, right. So uh, when when you started this, uh, uh, does, is this an indication to me then that you are a relatively new retiree and new to the area also, or is this something that just this part of it is new? Well, uh, this is our fourth winter here. Okay. Uh, and I got involved with the Silvercraft Club the, uh, three years ago. So uh, uh, it's been a great fit for us. Uh being winter snowbirders, okay, and uh, uh, it's you almost feel like 
I have to relearn the first month we're back down here of of of, uh, of uh, soldering and working with the silver, but it's it's getting easier and easier each year. Sure, <laughs> sure. So where are you? Where are you uh, retired, or or to, where do you come from? We're we're from the Seattle area. Okay. And uh, we had traveled. Oh, uh, I should have known. I see your your Seattle Seahawks. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we traveled uh, full time for five years in the motor our motor home. Oh, wonderful! And then we uh, zeroed in here when the wife wanted a winter base. Mm -hmm. So, so do you foresee the time when you're going to be living here full time? You know, we, we've talked about it and uh, possible, but mm -hmm. for now we like to go back up. We still have our house up there in Federal Way and the Seattle area and catch up with the kids and the grandkids. Sure. So the three of the four are still at the age they still enjoy having Grandma and Grandpa around for a while. So, uh, <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I moved down here 40 years ago from Michigan, and I can probably count on one hand the number of times I've been back to Michigan. And that's just fine with me. <laughs> Don't miss that shovel in the snow. Don't at all. miss that show. I, I tell you, I remember my dad telling me, "Well, get that snowplow out, go start shoveling that driveway." And I go, mm. <laughs> well, it's uh, uh, we don't miss the those gray, overcast, drizzly, cold days up there at all. Uh, I had I had one uh, one time that I've been to the, the Northwest, I was in, I want to say Bremerton, Washington. Bremerton? Right. And there was a golf course up there that I think was an Arnold Palmer design. I I was publishing a golf newspaper at the time, and the fellow down, and I was out of San Diego, and the guy said, well, we got a new, there's a new course up there, Pete. He says, I'll fly you up there, and you can go play the golf course and, and write a review on it for your paper. I said, all the food booze I want, Blake off too. And I got out there, it was cold and rainy and miserable. Just miserable. It was November. Oh, uh, yeah. It was just absolutely miserable. And I went and I played golf. I was good to my word that I went out and I played golf in that sloppy, cold, rainy weather. And I managed to get into that bar and start eating, <laughs> eating those fish and herbs and, and Chasing it with scotch just so I could warm up. It took me a long time. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful place. <laughs> but uh, as I tell people, they don't call it the Evergreen State for for nothing. I know. There's you know, a good reason for that. Well, there's other Evergreen places, too, and one of them is on, on Kauai. Uh, Hawaii, and uh, they get a lot of rain, but it passes by, it rains, it, it makes things green, and we go back to playing golf. That's right. It's it's not for six or seven months duration. Exactly. Six or seven dreadful. minutes. Six or seven minutes. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I understand up there that it's a constant mist. Pardon me. I understand that there is a, that in Seattle and, and those areas up there it's a constant mist. Well, yeah, it it almost feels that way. You know, you'll get you'll get what's what they call the pineapple expresses that'll blow in from Hawaii and across the Pacific and